Well, here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Kick and chase by Mullen. Kick and chase again by Mullen. It's a miracle. Oh, yeah. What about that one? Welcome to another edition of the Racing and Sports Hunters Pod, where we help you find a winning edge in the ever-evolving world of sports betting. Jimmy Buckley with you and back in the chair on Friday, July 22, as we scour global betting markets to find you some value this weekend. We've come up for air briefly this week after a frantic start to July, but are still very much in the thick of our sporting smorgasbord, Jonas Vingegaard looks to have wrapped up the Tour de France after a blistering performance in Stage 18 overnight, extending his lead to 3 minutes and 26 seconds over Pogacar. The NRL is slowly returning to normal ahead of a seven-week dash towards September, and the Brisbane Broncos did us all a favour with a thumping victory over Parramatta last night after Alex Steedman suggested earlier in the week to jump on them as top four finishers at $3.25. That price has uh, long disappeared. On the other side of the equator, European qualifying is in full swing for the round ball game, while Scottish League Cup matches continue to come thick and fast, as do pre-season tour matches in far-flung, tucked-away corners of the globe. We're taking the opportunity today to have a break from all of that and hone in on two sports which are on the verge of a huge 18 months. I speak of cricket and rugby union, and to dissect just what is happening in the world of Leather Willow and Ra Ra, I'm joined by the peerless racing and sports head of wagering, and a former New Zealand Test cricket captain to boot, Ken Rutherford. Welcome, Ken. Yeah, hello, James. Look, uh, just to start things off, mate, I mean, I did back the Broncos last night, so I did listen to Alex's tip from the other day, but look, I went the 12 and under, of course, and uh, the Broncos went home by 13+. plus. I mean, that, that just epitomises, and, and a snapshot just shows what an absolute idiotic punter I am. <laughs> I should have just taken the 235 head-to-head price about the Broncos and not got greedy, but no, look, it's it's a great time of the year, isn't it? I mean, you, you talked about the Tour de France too, James. I mean, what great vision this morning. Vindegaard and Pogacar going down the hill. Pogacar arse over tick, can I say that, on the side of the road, and Vindegaard waits so he gets up and they go down together, they hold hands for a while, says thanks mate, and great sportsmanship. I think Vindegaard's odds to, to win the Tour de France now are about $1.01, so he's, he's home James. And uh, a great story, apparently he's working in a fish shop two years ago, can you believe that? <laughs> oh well there you go. And like you mentioned, sportsmanship, I mean you just, you love to see it. Well it happens often between Kiwis and Australians, sportsmanship doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> hey let's don't, get, let's don't go there, but... Uh, no, look, it, it is, uh, it's a great part of it, and uh, those scenes this morning from the Tour de France just epitomise what, uh, what sports are all about. Let's dive in. We have plenty to get through, and we have a couple of weekend plays to throw in your direction uh, towards the back end of the podcast. But, Ken, let's start with cricket. It's been a, a huge couple of months on both sides of the equator, really. Mm. And what I'm getting at here is the appointment of Baz McCullum as the England Test cricket coach, yep. which has paid instant dividends 
on the field and interestingly seems to be reshaping almost the way the sport is being played. What have you made of all this? Yeah, well, he did say that upon his appointment, didn't he? At one of his first media conferences, he said, look, it's an opportunity for him to have, have some small part to play in terms of reshaping the way Test cricket's played in general. And he said he started off with a, a, a roar, isn't he? Uh, he's like Vaux Rogue at the 1,200 metre mark. He's, he's 10 lengths in front. Look, I know Brennan pretty well. He, my first home address in Dunedin was 213 Oxford Street, South Dunedin. James, and when Brendan was born, he was at 209 Oxford Street, so his parents, Stewie and Jan, just, just lived a couple of, couple of houses down, so look, he's, I wouldn't call Brendan a coach in a way, I know that's his title, uh, he, he's more of a manager, he's more of a, you know, he's, he's a motivator of people, and he, he has that sort of Pied Piper effect on, on people and on teams, and, and we saw that with the New Zealand cricket side when he took over in around 2012, 2013, when himself and Mike Hesson, the coach, took over and uh, really changed the way cricket was played in New Zealand and, and really did have that Pied Piper aspect to him. So it's no surprise to me in, in a very short space of time that he's he's had that real positive impact on English cricket. As with all things English cricket-wise, it's, it's going to come down 12 months' time and they're taking on you guys, the Australians, and the Ashes series, aren't they? That's going to be his, his first real litmus test, but he's certainly started off amazingly well. And just uh, for the sake of the exercise... For that Ashes series, England are actually favourites at this mm. point in time on sports bet. $2.12 to win the 2023 Ashes. Australia, $2.25, and you can get $6.25 about a draw. So if that's any indication, then the market is quite happy, at least, with, with what McCullum has done over there. Sustainability is going to be the next challenge, I suppose. Mm. But having said that, I don't think Australia... Are, are, a two crash odd at the moment either, so that, well, that is an intriguing. You series. say that, but I think Australians look. You, you get up for the Ashes series as you always do, and when you look at both sides now, there's a there's a reliance on certain players. I mean, you look at the English top six batsmen. Clearly, the reliance is the likes of Root, most obviously. Uh, Bearstow's had an amazing last two months, and, and I'd imagine he can he can keep that going. I I note with interest Ben Stokes has has given up one day cricket that's most likely going to have a positive impact in terms of his overall performance in, in Test match cricket. So you've got three guys there that England will build their top six or seven batsmen around. Likewise in Australia, you've got Lubber Scartney, I call him Lubber Shane. I spent too long in South Africa um, <laughs> and, and Steve Smith and, and and a couple of others. But you've also got a few question marks there originating from the Sri Lankan series with with likes of Travis. Head is, is, is probably the most obvious question mark in the number five or number six position. Long way to go. A lot will happen over the, the Southern Hemisphere summer wide in terms of the Australian side in particular. And a very antipodean feel about uh, England cricket when you consider they've appointed Matthew Mott as their shorter form coach yep. who did a wonderful job really with the Australian women's side for many years and he, he's had a tougher start I think it's fair to say in his career as the short-form England men's coach, but another opportunity for him at least tonight to uh, hopefully get a result. Uh, the Pommies take on South Africa in a one-day international. England at $1.55 and South Africa $2.40. Have you had a chance to look at this one, Ken? Yeah, looked at, uh, I watched the first couple of hours of the, of the first game in Durham the other night, and I think Australian time, 10pm tonight, it's, it kicks off at Old Trafford. Um, Old Trafford should be a good batting strip. Can turn there, so that's something for punters to, to take cognizance of. I mean, there's one guy in the South African lineup. I've got to say, he's proved me completely wrong. That's Rassi van der Dussen. His record of one-day cricket, everyone, is just incredible. He's, he's scored 1,499 runs in 36 matches, averaging 74.95. A number of not-outs amongst them, and good on him. Um, but he's 
he burst on the scene. He didn't burst on the scene. He's 33 years of age uh, now, but he was a late developer. And I must admit, when I first saw him uh, in Test match career, I thought, gee, he's, he's going to struggle. But he's... He's proven a lot of those detractors wrong. He looks a really, really good player, and he got a really nice 100 at Durham the other day. I guess the question mark for punters here is, is do you evaluate England on what they've done in the last two or three weeks, which has been inconsistent and rather poor, or do you look at what they've done in white ball cricket over the last four or five years, which has been you know, the scene setter in terms of overall international 50-over cricket? And I tend to go the latter. I, I, I think they will get their proverbial together, and at a dollar fifty-five, I think they've got the makings of one leg of a potential multi. Okay, so England at a dollar fifty-five to down South Africa. I think that's some some pretty good logic there. Uh, fun fact too, Ken. I'm sure you know this as well. Mm-hmm. Durham, the the northernmost international cricket ground in the world. Is that right? Yeah, I read that uh, in an article this week, which was discussing heat waves and uh, how to handle the conditions. Of this uh, savage British summer. There's no cricket ground in St Petersburg or Helsinki? <laughs> Incredibly not. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I always the thought the Finnish test side aren't a bad side, actually, but uh, clearly their test ground hasn't got uh, international recognition as yet, James. Oh, well, that's the dream. There, there was talk of building one on Svalbard as well, but uh, I don't think that ever came to fruition. They couldn't get past the polar bears. Yeah. Uh, you, you, can, you can catch a good cod in Svalbard, though. <laughs> Well, they wouldn't have to worry about the heatwave conditions up there. Uh, a couple more games, uh, the West Indies take on India in, mm. in an ODI, and then we have the second test between Sri Lanka and Pakistan at yep. uh, the back end of the weekend. That kicks off. Anything here that, that's caught your eye, mate? Yeah, look, it's at Trinidad, Port of Spain, Trinidad. Uh, it's the first game at, at Trinidad, amazingly, for, for three years. Can you believe that? I mean, Port of Spain's always been uh, a consistent part of their rotor of uh, of venues in the West Indies. Uh, I see Shikhar Darwin, the opening batsman for India, as, as captain. He's the seventh captain that India have actually used in this calendar year. Uh, the Indian side is vastly different to the one which played England only two or three weeks ago, so it's it's massively changed. I was surprised by the odds, to be honest, James. A dollar twenty six about India, three seventy five about the West Indies. Um, look, the West Indies are by no means the finished article. Uh, they, they probably de- define the term inconsistent in terms of the way they play, but they do have some considerable match winners amongst them, like the Shea Hope, Jason Holder and others. So, And, and Nicholas Puran, their captain, I mean, he's a terrific player in, in the short form of the, of, of the game. So I'd be tempted, if you, if you want to have a crazy 20 bucks on the, on the 375 about the West Indies, as I say, that Indian side, when you look at it, punters, is vastly different to the one that you're used to seeing. $3.75, that is a good throw at the stumps, I think. Well, why, the, why the hell not? Back to, uh, back to Trinidad. Queen's Oval. Which sounds like a pretty good place to I, tour. I, that, that's, uh, that's a story. I, I, know, I know someone who made his test debut at uh, Port of Spain, Trinidad, James. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. How'd he go? Uh, he didn't go so well. He, he got a pair. First innings, uh, caught Haynes bowled Marshall, I think it was, and the second innings, I was run out without facing a ball. So there you go. Don't you hate it when that happens? Oh, the, the old diamond duck. That's incredible. Um, and just finally, that test match, Sri Lanka versus Pakistan. Uh, interesting there. Sri Lanka $2.80, Pakistan $2.15 in the draw at, at $4. Both sides yeah. with a couple of batsmen that, that are seeing them reasonably well at the moment. Is there any value here? Well, you're right. I mean, Dinesh Chandamal is just seeing it like a football at the moment, isn't he? That big couple of hundred he got against Australia in the last test match at Gaul. 
and runs again in the first tests, which just finished the other day in Pakistan, winning that one. And Babar Assam, uh, the Pakistani captain, is uh, amongst them as well. Look, they're playing at Gaul again. I mean, what's happening? It must be because of all the riots and stuff in Colombo, I guess. Um, I would say normally you'd want to bat first at Gaul and, 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 and get amongst them uh, in the first innings of, of the game. But Pakistan chased down a good total on day, days four and five the other day. So, look, Sri Lanka, I think, will bounce back, but it's, it's a very even market. It's a 280 Sri Lanka. Four dollars the draw, two fifteen Pakistan. Take your pick, punters. Maybe just leave that one alone, and we can uh, hopefully fill up on England and the West Indies. Mm, I that agree. Be that can we we might move on. I think to rugby union. I, I want to read you something just quickly. I think you should. This is from the Times of London. Will Kelleher writes. Yeah, I've read this. <laughs> when the All Blacks lose, New Zealanders do not really do gallows humour. They do not find light in the dark or move on quickly. It stings their soul, fires their bellies, and makes them demand answers. Their loss to Ireland on the weekend was the third time in 119 years they've lost a three-match series yeah. at home. They've had seven defeats already in the 2020s after not losing consecutively since 2011. Mm. This is all taken from that same Will Kelleher article. They've won one match in their last five. This is something uh, I never even thought I'd see probably in my lifetime, uh, the way the All Blacks are going right now. Coach Ian Foster, not popular. Sounds like uh, there's some rumblings across the ditch and there's going to be some movements around him later on today. What have you made of all this, and what does it mean for the, I guess, short to medium term future of New Zealand rugby? Well, it's a good time not to be in New Zealand. It's a good time to be residing elsewhere, to be honest, because I'm sure the the talkback talk back radio shows around the country are uh, chock full of lots of uh, armchair experts uh, telling Ian Foster what he should and shouldn't be doing. Um, the other stat, which might amaze quite a few of the listeners, James, is that the last six times that Ireland have played the All Blacks, they've beaten New Zealand on four occasions, which which is quite remarkable, really. And for anyone who saw that Test Series that's just finished last week with that very emphatic win by the Irish at, at, at the Caketon in Wellington last Saturday afternoon, Ireland were thoroughly deserved of their win. I mean, they were enormous. And, and great credit to Andy Farrell and his team of coaches for, for getting his players up for a, what is a, a difficult uh, away, away series, isn't it, to go to New Zealand and to beat New Zealand in New Zealand. So I understand today that there's going to be a press conference where Ian Foster will make some announcements. We, we believe there'll be some changes to his backroom staff. We also believe there may be a change to, to the captaincy of the, All, of the All Blacks for the remainder of the season So and, and to the personnel as well. I think, I think from a New Zealand rugby fan's perspective, the most surprising and disappointing fact about the way we're playing is the lack of forward grunt. I think when you play the All Blacks as a Springbok team or an Australian team or any of the, or any of the home nations playing the All Blacks, you, you kind of have that fear factor. You, you, you worry about taking on the likes of Colin Meads in the old days or Richie McCaw or your or your Mark Shaws. I mean, Cap, Mark Cowboy Shaw of the late 70s, early 80s, the men were two, number six, who, who your Frank Olivers, you know, the Southland uh, lock, who was only about six foot two, quite small for a lock, but boy, I mean, he was noted for his, dare I say, thuggery, and a mild, <laughs> mild thuggery on, on the rugby field. But there was a real fear factor about playing the All Blacks and taking on the, the might of, 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 of the front eight, you know, the eight forwards in the All Blacks, but that's gone. That's gone. And when you look at the, the super rugby sides, you know, the 
the Crusaders won. Um, the Blues played well. You know, the Highlanders weren't great. Uh, the Hurricanes and the Chiefs were all right in patches. But when you look at their forwards, particularly the Type 5, you can't see a lot of other individuals not in the current All Black side who could do a job for, for the All Blacks currently. Maybe the, the guy, De Groot, the, the prop from the Highlanders, who's, who hails from Gore down the deep south. Maybe maybe De Groot could do a, could do a job as prop. He played very well for the Highlanders in the latter part of the, of the Super Rugby season. But in general, it's, it's not a great time to be an All Black fan, but um, we've got a chance at the Rugby Championship. Now, this begins next month, the four-way rugby championship between New Zealand, South Africa, Australia and Argentina. Now, we've pulled these odds off sports bet, and I think you might have found one here, Ken. So New Zealand at $1.80 favourites, despite all that, to win the mm. tournament. The Springboks, $2.95. The Wallabies, $5.60. And uh, the Pumas, $26. What do you like here? Well, it's too short, isn't it? The All Blacks at eight to ten. That's that's way too short. I, I actually look, looked around a few markets, and there's varying prices around South Africa. Top price I saw was two ninety five on Sportsbet, and, and I thought just take that. The draw sees the Springboks and the All Blacks uh, facing off against each other in the first two rounds of the Rugby Championship. On the 7th of August, they play at uh, Nelspreit in the Eastern Transvaal. Great ground, day rugby. Oh, it'll be great to be there. And on the 14th of August at Alice Park. So Alice Park, I actually thought the All Blacks record Alice Park is worse than it actually is. It's it's kind of 50-50. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a great test the All Blacks played against the box uh, on the the breakdown of a part on 1992. Laurie Mains' side went over to Alice Park and, and that great uh, South African... Curry Cup side Transvaal um, had, 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 the, had the backbone of that South African side and the, and the All Blacks would have been outsiders to win that game and they, and they won quite convincingly but the Ellis Park as the fortress of South African rugby is probably not as strong as it was so the All Blacks will go there with some hope but I expect the Springboks to at least win one of those games if not two and if they do win two then that 295 in terms of them winning the rugby championship is, is, is money for jam. And just before we move on quickly, uh, the outright winner of next year's Rugby World Cup, so this is still a little while away, France are actually favourites now, $3.50, mm. New Zealand $3.80, England $6.25, Ireland $6.25, South Africa $7.25, Australia $11.50 and then Wales at 23 to 1 mm. and the rest. Is there anything that just catches your eye there immediately? Well, I, I think two years ago I was talking to someone over a couple of quiet beers, as you do, and you talk about rugby, don't you? Well, as a Kiwi, you do. And I said to someone, France. France every day of the week. And if, if you look, say, five or six years ago, I remember watching an under-20 World Cup or something, I think France won it. And they had this forward pack, and oh, it was just amazing. And all athletic, all big, tall, young fellas. And, and that's become the, the nucleus of their side. I think France toured Australia with a second-string side was it last year or the year before, and gave the Wallabies a real go with a side that wasn't expected to do that well. And that nucleus that they've developed over the last two or three years in French rugby, their top, say, 30 players, uh, they're really good. Um, look, they're short enough now uh, at 350, but you could have got, say, double double that price or more, obviously, two or three years ago, but that's gone. New Zealand, as you said, around the 380 mark, there's no real value there. I mean, the, the IRB rankings, James, sees Ireland as number number one ranked side in the world at the moment, and that's fair. France at number two, South Africa at number three, and the All Blacks at four, closely followed by, by England. So if you take a line through the rankings, Ireland at around the 6-1, to 7-1 mark wouldn't be bad value. It's hard to disagree with that, I think. Let's move on to something a little bit more immediate. Uh, I'm very keen to, to see what you've come up with this weekend, and uh, this is across the entire sporting world. Luck of the week. Ooh, that's a big luck, all right. 
What do you like, Ken? Have you got something that's just a put-your-money-in-take-it-out job? Look, I've been watching the darts each morning, nice. uh, the world match play, and it's, it's, it's been – look, darts is a great filly. I yeah. mean, it's just, it's, just a, it's just disappointing it's on the other side of the world because we'd be loving, be loving to have a couple of beers and watch the darts rather than have it with our wheat picks in the morning, James, <laughs> quite frankly. But um, Michael Van Gerwen, I mean, you love him or you hate him, don't you? I mean, it's, it's some head. Isn't it? Oh. It's, it's it's well polished. <laughs> um, he's t- taking on Dimitri Van der Berg, the Belgian uh, darts player. I think it's in a couple of days' time. Dollar sixty six about Van Gerwen and two dollars thirty odd about Vandenberg. Now Vandenberg's been really really impressive in getting through to the semi final stage. So I'm I'm, I'm going to take Vandenberg at the two dollar forty mark. It's quite interesting when you look at the overall winner uh, book. That uh, Van Gerwen and Vandenberg actually the two favourites. So there's still six darts players left in the competition, but in the overall book it's two eighty seven about uh, Van Gerwen and Vandenberg's about three dollars fifty. So there's a suggestion that whoever wins the semi final will go on and win the final. So I'll almost be tempted to take the three fifty about Vandenberg to win the whole tournament because uh, he probably will go on and win the final. But that's not my, my bit of the weekend. I'm going to take a little multi. I know you're very partial to the Scottish League Cup, James, <laughs> so I'm throwing in as, as leg one a dollar fifty three about Arbroath, who are taking on Airdrie. Uh, we'll be a, a lot of eyes on that game on, on Saturday evening over here in Australia. <laughs> you can guarantee it. It'll be mine anyway. Um, and the women's Euros are on at the moment. There's been some terrific football. England just getting through against Spain the other day. I see Sweden take on Belgium tomorrow morning. The Swedes have got a number of, number of players out with COVID and with injuries. So I thought Belgium might be a chance, a rough chance there at odds. But I'm going to avoid that game. France take on Holland on Sunday morning Australian time. And I'm expecting it to be high scoring. That's the nature of both sides. They like to go for an attack. So the, the market around the both teams to score... Take the dollar seventy to dollar seventy five odds at your various bookmakers around that about dollar seventy two. Obviously, the average price there. It's being played at New York Stadium. Where's New York Stadium in the UK? That's James? Rotherham, mate. Rotherham. Yeah, that replaced uh, that replaced the old stadium. And I can tell you something about New York Stadium. It came in probably about six or seven years ago, and for a couple of seasons there running, it was uh, I think voted the best stadium of the Championship or of League One, depending on where the Mighty Millers were at that point in time. But it's in Rotherham, mate. I've been there. I've watched Rotherham play Sheffield Wednesday in the big South Yorkshire derby. The Owls. Rotherham were up 1-0 in the 86-minute mark, and they lost the game 3-2. So you can imagine yeah. just how that went. But, uh, yeah. So I've got a, I've got a new, um, you know, some, in my life something that has to be achieved is to try and trip you up on trivia. Because <laughs> I honestly thought I'd get you on that. New York Stadium, I'm thinking, geez, where the hell is that? And then I Googled it, of course, and you yeah, have Rotherham. Yeah, mate. Looks a nice stadium. Looks quite a new stadium, doesn't it? I can tell you the stadium's a lot nicer than the town. Yeah, not to offend uh, any South Yorkies out there. Mate, that, that all sounds very good. So if, if we combine that, $1.53 about our growth to take down Ed in the Scottish League Cup and then the dollar seventy to a dollar seventy five. Both teams to score in the France v Holland women's Euros match. That's not a bad uh, that's not a bad little combination there. Yeah, and, and pretty keen on the West Indies to maybe cause an upset tonight. It starts at eleven thirty Australian time, three seventy five. A lot of unknowns in the game. Both sides, really, unknowns. First game, as I said, the Port of Spain ground for three years, but I just thought that the market's too wide apart in terms of what might happen there. So have a little twenty bucks on the three seventy five. And if you want a futures bit in the rugby uh, listeners, 
don't go past South Africa in the rugby championship. As I say, if they can beat the All Blacks in those first two games, which I believe they can, sorry to be unpatriotic Kiwis listening out there, but take that 295. You've got to be cold-hearted when it comes to punting. Absolutely, you do. Just a couple from me, and then we can wrap it up uh, in terms of, I suppose, a banker. I, I just can't. I can't look at that South Sydney versus Melbourne storm market and mm. not get excited about the Rabbitohs. They're, in fact, they've been outsiders all week. You might even still be able to get $2 about South to win that game. Mm. Melbourne are dead set in a tailspin at the moment. Our racing and sports numbers uh, are pretty keen on South Sydney there at the price. Uh, I think that's not a bad play. You can take a one-and-a-half point start to $1.90. You can buy a few points if you want, plus six-and-a-half. You're still getting a dollar forty-eight there. Mm-hmm. Very hard to see uh, Melbourne beating South Sydney on current form. And just a bit of value I found, and you know this is, this is the fun part where we scour the world and see what we can find. As you know, club friendlies are in full swing ahead of the start of the various European soccer leagues. And Eintracht Frankfurt, the Europa League winners from last season, are taking on the Dutch Giants Ajax. And I think the market's got this a little bit wrong. Ajax are paying... $1.60 to win this. This is being played down in Austria where they're both enjoying a pre-season at altitude. I think that's wrong. You can get about $2.25 here in the double chance markets there, which is Eintracht Frankfurt or a draw, $2.25. They've had a pretty good pre-season so far, the German team. They've signed a bunch of players, including Mario Goetze from PSV. Uh, should help them up forward. Ajax have strengthened two, uh, especially defensively. They've signed Calvin Bassey from Rangers mm-hmm. uh, for 20-odd million pounds, which I think broke Rangers' transfer record in terms of selling a player. But they've lost a few, including uh, the Argentine centre-back yeah, Lissandro Martinez mm. to Manchester United. United. And Sebastian Haller, their, their mm. star forward, who's gone off to Borussia Dortmund, who have a, a pretty big hole to fill, obviously, there with Haller going to Man City. He some medical news recently too, didn't he, Haller? Did he really? Yeah, to stick to the cancer, I think it was. Ah, I think mm. I read that. Mm. Yeah, so... Well, we wish him all the best, but he banged in 32 goals and 50 appearances for Ajax, so mm. that's a, a huge loss to try and cover. Mm. I just think that $2.25 pre-season friendly, you almost throw the form guide out the window. They're both strong clubs. And there's a big novelty bet for tomorrow afternoon too, James. And what's that? At the Canberra Warriors game. <laughs> <laughs> James Buckley uh, beers for the uh, two hours of the game. Uh, the line's seven and a half. Do we go overs or unders? Oh, well, if I'm with you, Rudds, then we probably have to go overs. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> All right, just just a quick <laughs> a quick wrap up, and, and we'll let you go. So, starting from the top, England a dollar fifty five tonight in the One Day International against South Africa. Not a bad play. The West Indies three dollars seventy five. Throw at the stumps. Throw at the stumps. Why not? Mm-hmm. Have a look. We like South Africa and the Rugby Championships, which begin next month at $2.95 to win that tournament. Looks like a pretty good play. Ken suggested multi are both to beat Airdronians into both teams to score in the France versus Holland women's Euros match. And I've suggested South Sydney look a pretty good thing, I would have thought, against the Melbourne Storm. And Frankfurt or a draw in their match against Ajax in the preseason friendly We'd better wrap it up there. Ken, thank you very much for coming on. I should warn the punters, I suspect you'll be back in the chair soon enough when we turn our attention to the round ball game. Happy punting, everyone, and we'll speak to you again next week.